Welcome to Faith FM Breakfast Show. My name is Gemma and I'm joined in the studio with me this morning by Mackenzie. Hello. Who's helping out. We've got Shell in the background who's doing the producing today, but she's still here. And we're on 87.6, 87.8 and 88. So welcome to the show. Mackenzie, how's your morning been? It's been pretty good. I mean, I only just woke up not that long ago, but for only just waking up about half an hour ago, I think I'm doing pretty good. That's good. You're doing well. Half an hour. Yeah. That's that's not long. But you seem awake, energetic, good to go. Yeah. I'm ready. Highlight of the week? Best thing about today? Best thing about today, I'm excited to work in the juice bar again later nice. on. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So if you guys are wanting a uh, nice fresh juice or smoothie come head down to the new start um juice bar in raymond terrace yes they're pretty good my favorite would have to be the strawberry salvation smoothie oh i think i think we have a contender Ooh. with the glorious green i think that's i think that's up there you guys will have to come along and give it a try i'll be working there today too so if you're in the area come down t- to raymond terrace and come hit us up at the new start juice bar it'll be tons of fun what do you so uh, I am thankful today for the sunrise that I saw this morning driving into the studio. It was really beautiful. I was just in the car, had the windows down, had some good music going, Faith FM on, and I'm driving <laughs> and I'm cruising down and I'm just seeing the sun come up out the window and beautiful. Sunsets are, sunrises are just amazing, aren't they? Yeah, it was it was quite a view this morning. Um, One yeah. thing I would be thankful for today would be... Um, that I get that the reason I'm working today is because I'm taking a Monday off next week. So I'm thankful that I've been allowed to take the Monday off. Ooh, that's okay, what so, I'm you, so wait, for. you're not meant to work today, but you're covering today yes, to take off another. That's okay. right. Yeah. So what are you doing next Monday then? I am going to be up in Kingscliff because uh, me and some of my friends were driving up the coast um, and hopefully sleeping at the beach. Road and trips, yes, yeah, that road trips. Great. So we wanted to spend as much time up the coast as we could. So we took. The Monday off. Very so. nice. How long are you up there for? Well, we drive up Saturday afternoon and come back Monday afternoon. Oh, fantastic. That sounds like it will be a great weekend. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. Fantastic. This next song coming up is Anna Beden's Breathe.
Faith FM. We are just in time for our quiz for the day, and I'm going to give you your first clue straight up this morning, and this one is going to be a what city am I? So listeners out there, you're trying to figure out what city, and the first clue that I have for you today is Bersha was the king of this city. Ooh. Yeah. Any ideas? What she's thinking? I don't know. Her thinking face? No? Can you read it out again? Okay. What city am I? Okay. So, trying mm. to figure out a city. Bersha was the king of this city. Bersha? Bersha. Bersha. B-I-R-S-H-A. My pronunciation may not Bersha? be the best. Bersha. I don't know. Mm, was the king. Was the king. Not a very common name. No. I wouldn't have gotten this with that clue either. I know what the answer is. Oh. But that's okay. Because you're, you're looking at the thing. Yeah. But I wouldn't have gotten that from that but if you do know it if you if you're a bit brainier than we are and you know the answer already give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM that's 1-800-324-843 or you can send us a text on 0491-064-669 and the prize that we have for you if you can get this correct is a book called patriarchs and prophets 
Because have you read this book before? I haven't, but I've been meaning to read it at some point because it's it's like a commentary on part of the Old Testament, right? It is, yeah, yeah. So it's the first part of the Old Testament, um, and it's excellent. I have read it before. Very, Ooh. very good. Yeah, you read the Bible, and then you read this along with it, and it just like fleshes out so much of the context and the history, and it's really, really awesome. It just kind of helps you piece together the Bible a little bit more. Yeah. Fleshes out amazing. the information that's already there, and it's super cool, super helpful to read along as a study guide. It's fantastic. So if you want this prize, give us a call or send us a text. Now, Mackenzie, you've got some good news stories for us today. I do have some good news, and one of the ones that... Oh, and I was looking for some things to bring up. I found this story and I thought it was really cool and fun. And so outback Queensland town, Barcaldine, wins Guinness World Record for the longest line of motorhomes. Wait, wait, what? I know, right? The longest line of, as okay, you like trailer caravan things, right? Motorhomes, is that what we're talking about? Motorhomes, they're the ones that it's like, it's like a... It's like a caravan, but it's you drive the caravan. Okay, cool. So yeah. they're the one thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. all together. All right, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it's yeah, the yeah. longest line of them? Yeah. So in May, 868 motorhomes, caravans, campervans, and fifth wheelers created a 9.5 kilometer line outside the town. The previous record was 672, which was set by a club in Italy in 2003. Wow. Australia takes it back. That's kind of cool. I know. How fun is that? I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I like how when um, we have like these little things where like it makes us proud. Yeah, Australia pride comes out. (laughs) I don't really care for sports. I'm not somebody who follows sports. But as soon as it's like Olympics or any kind of sport of any description that Australia is in there as a team or something, I'm like, yeah. And I'm I'm super patriotic and I'm all for sport then. I'm like, go Australia. So even to claim the world record to have the most camper vans lined up, I'm like, yes, Australia. I know. It's like for the win. (laughs) Australia for the win. So how long was it? Um, it was 9.5 kilometers. The line that they created was 9.5 kilometers long. Wow. That's pretty impressive, actually. That's really that's impressive. Long, that's a long line. I wonder how many camper vans there were to make 9Ks worth. Wow. There was okay. 868 motorhomes. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's, that's a fair few. Yeah. That's a lot. And uh, so some other good news that we have is the largest trash collectors in the US have stopped shipping waste to poor countries. So, um, due to China's ban on imports of mixed mixed plastics and mixed paper um, and realising smaller countries do not have the capacity to handle such vast volume of waste, Hmm. Waste Management has inaugurated a new policy that no longer allows the shipping of discarded plastic to countries outside of North America. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the company now sells 77% of its recyclables to domestic markets um, and plastic exports have dwindled to zero in 19... Oh, sorry, in 2019. Wow, zero. Wow. Zero. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. You think about how much junk and waste we go through. I know. Like... One of the worst chores I hate at home is taking out the trash. It's, it <laughs> it's is, an eye-opener it? to how much stuff I actually yeah. like waste. And it, just packets for food and like exactly. so much plastic. It kind of reminds me of earlier in uh, the year, or even last year, I think it was, mm. when there was the ban on single-use plastic bags, how oh, Woolies got rid right. of their yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. bags. And there was like the uproar, but now it's like they reduced their plastic use by like 80% yeah, Australia-wide or something Because like now that. it's not just they've got Coles, Woolworths, even Big W and Kmart. Now they yeah, don't exactly. have plastic bags. So you can do any of your shopping now. You've got to take your own bags. But like think about how much plastic is being saved. Exactly. 
Think about the turtles. Think about the turtles. That's fantastic. That's super awesome. Yeah, and I mean, environment, people are being, becoming a lot more knowledgeable in being environmentally friendly. And that's becoming, it's being raised awareness. I mm. mean, if you look at um, Greta Thunberg and her, you know, her, her she's very, yeah, you her, know, her, her speech she, that she gave. Yeah, and, she's yeah, very the, the appeal active that within, she put out for people. Exactly. Yeah. She's very active within the um, community of being, you know, raising awareness for environmental issues. Mm. And it's becoming increasingly important. I mean, in today's society where the work, you can see the effects that have been happening on the world, you know, with, with not caring about the environment and all everything it's like it's crazy yeah i think it's kind of amazing that people are starting to wake up and see that you know the things that we do and the decisions that we make have consequences not just for us and for other people and the future generations but even just yeah for the animals and for the world and yeah it's kind of amazing to see the changes that some people have been doing it's pretty incredible yeah and one of the things that we also need to be um caring about recently is the water i mean we have droughts all around australia and Mm. we need to be careful how we use water and um, you know, is everyone taking their four minute showers? Who knows? I know that <laughs> you're not. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle. I'm getting there. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be better. So we were on the show yesterday together and we were. when, cause we did, we've got some pre-recorded stuff that comes on, uh, during the lives between the live segments and one during, after one of our live, live segments, the pre-recorded stuff came on and Mackenzie was like, I'm going to just quick go have a shower. And we were yeah, like, you have to keep it to four minutes. <laughs> not only because you were back on radio and you needed to be here live, know, but also because, you know, Think of the turtles. Think of the turtles, exactly. And, you know, I think I did pretty good. It might not have been quite four Shall minutes. Was it four minutes? Was... was she actually... I think it was a bit longer than that, wasn't it? Um, I think it might have been a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> one way to make sure that you're sticking to your showers at the right amount of time would be to just play your favorite song that's around four minutes and make sure you're done by the time it finishes. That's, that's such, such a good idea. That's, yes. I, that's literally what I was about to say. It's such a good idea. I never thought of doing it that way. Brilliant. Yeah, Shell's definitely the one with the brains behind this. Definitely. And I kind of have a thing for music. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it easier then. It's a a win-win situation. That's fantastic. Oh, awesome. So our next song coming up, Shell, I can't read the screen from here. Okay, yeah, it's the Emmanuel Quartet with The Size of the Rock. Moses was just a baby boy When his mama put him in a boat And the river took him home He met a pretty princess It wasn't enough Till I heard a voice from a burning bush Saying, tell old Pharaoh to let my people go free David was just a shepherd boy When the prophet said he would be king Even though he was the youngest son He heard about a giant Went to see the king Grabbed a bag of petals and his song his sling And the rock of ages brought the mighty giant to his knees Well, you may feel a bit insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men But there was nothing special about him Until they let the Holy Spirit in 
hand They took their stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Have you heard about the baby king Articles, herald, angels sing He was the father's only son He taught us about heaven We nailed him to the tree But in three days it was alive and free Because the heart of the rock Was mightier than the stone So the next time you feel insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men Like there is nothing special about you Just let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand You'll take your stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Mighty hand Take your stand Listen to me brother Cause I'm talking to you Jesus is the only one He'll carry you through All that matters is the size of the rock Welcome back to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 and 88. Good morning. Now, we've had one clue so far for our What City Am I quiz and there is a prize up for grabs. So, I'm about to give you the next clue. So, if you think you know what it is, don't forget to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. And the next clue, are you ready, Mackenzie? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. The next clue is... Men from this city serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal life. Ooh, I think I might have a guess. Yeah, okay, hang on. Let me get you a pen and a piece of paper. Write it down. Wait, is it one city? It is one city. What city am I? Men from this city serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal life. Ooh, she's close, but not quite. Ooh, ah. Now I'm just trying to think of other Do you want to have another guess? I'll let you have another guess. You're so close. Yeah. Yeah, she got it. Oh, I got it. This is the first time that I've gotten one before, like, like, right near the end. You've only had two clues. There's, like, five clues, six clues I could give you. And you did it in two. Well done. I'm proud of myself. If you can do it, I'm sure there's a viewer, listener out there who has figured it out so don't forget give us a call 1-800-324-843 or send us a text 0491 and you get to get a copy of Patri- Patriarchs and Prophets it's a fantastic book so don't forget to give us a call or send us a text if you have figured out what city am I now we're moving on to our news stories for today and Mackenzie if you remember yesterday we talked a little bit about the truck container that was found in the UK yeah and it, was it contained yeah so we talked a little bit about that and there's been some developing information that's come out okay uh, overnight. So it turns out that the 39 bodies, if you're not aware of the, the news story, yeah, yet, we'll give you, us, Gemma. yeah, we'll give you a bit of a recap. So there is a murder investigation happening at the moment that has been launched because there were 39 bodies found in a truck container in Essex, which is in England. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that happened on Wednesday. And as this has been developing, they had a suspect, 25-year-old man, had been arrested under the suspicion of murder for these individuals that were found in this truck. Um, and they've, they've kept him in custody and questioning him and, you know, trying to figure out what's happened. And what they have discovered is that the 39 people that were found dead inside the container are Chinese nationals. Oh. Yeah, not what people were expecting. No. People were kind of shocked to discover that. So this kind of raises a lot more questions there. Yeah, definitely. So Chinese citizens were found, yeah, in this container in England. Yeah, horrific story. But now they've question got mark? a lot more question. Yeah, so whether or not this was maybe an immigration issue gone wrong or, you know, not quite sure. But, yeah, clearly they'll have to do some more investigation and uh, we'll keep following this story and yeah, see definitely. how it pans out. But, yeah, 39 individuals found, yeah, in a truck. Absolutely horrific. But uh, to some local news now, um, as we looked at the weather before, temperatures across New South Wales today are going to be soaring, yeah, skyrocketing into definitely. the mid to high 30s. Uh, and because of that and the drought and everything that's been going on, we have a total fire ban in place today across the Central Ranges, the Greater Hunter, Northwestern and the far south coast. So it's going to be hot and it's going to be windy. And with the drought that's already been going on, this is basically everybody involved in the fireys and the SES and everything is kind of on standby it's today. Like their worst nightmare. Basically, yeah, the weather today and tomorrow is not going to be good. Don't you love it when it's like, oh yeah, it's like a total fire ban, it's going to be a real hot day, and where, you know, it's just going to be rough. Yeah, so the New South Wales Rural Fire Service have put out a statement and said that there's a very high danger for most of the coastal parts of the state, as well as the previous mentioned uh, areas that are already on a full total fire ban. Yeah. So temperatures are expected to reach mid uh, to high 30s today, and it's yeah, it's going to be bad. As of five o'clock from Thursday, so yesterday afternoon, there were 48 bush and grass fires across oh, New wow. South Wales. 18 of those are yet to be contained. Oh wow! So they're still going. Yeah. So this statement was put out this morning, and as of 5 p.m. yesterday, when this was calculated, there were 48 bush and grass fires across the state. 18 of them not contained yet. Okay, so that's that's a bit of a that's a bit of trouble. Yeah, a bit of a worry, bit especially a worry, with yeah. the temperatures today. E- exactly. Yeah, especially with the temperatures today. So Ho- hopefully, it's not going to be windy in those areas because that would that could be catastrophic. Yeah. So this drought has definitely not been good. No. So keep your four minute showers. I'll do my best. Okay, Gemma. <laughs> Look, I don't have four minute showers either. So it's a rebuke to you, but it's also a rebuke to me and a rebuke to everybody else. We all need to do what we can to help those areas of New South Wales that don't have water. Exactly. And the farmers out there that are really struggling, even to the point of, you know, depression and suicide. And it's just so, yeah, really sad about all the farmers out there and, yeah, what this drought is doing to this country. Yeah, I've heard that some um, farmers. Their water is so low that they're only able to have one shower a week. Yep. Yeah, but there's also other places where they have to, like, ship water in. Like, it's yeah. gotten to the point where the towns have no water that they bring, you know, truckloads of water into the town. And what is such a necessity to life? Can't do without it. Yeah, so the fact that, you know, one shower a week... We're so blessed and so lucky here in Newcastle yeah. to be able to have showers every day. And Even water- if it's only four minutes. Yeah. Our water restrictions here is what? Level one? Shell, I think you said yesterday. Yeah. So we're on level one here in Newcastle, which is really not that bad. We've really got nothing to be complaining about. And we are super thankful that, yeah, we do have water and can take four minute showers. And we're thinking and we're praying for those farmers out there who can only shower once a week or even less than that and don't have water and the water has to be trucked out to them. So we're praying and we're thinking of the farmers today. 
Uh, but something else that's happening in news on Saturday, tomorrow, the Uluru Rock will be closed off to the public. So you can still climb it today, yesterday. So yeah, it's been open to the public to be able to climb, but tomorrow it will be officially closed. So on Saturday, tomorrow, climbing will be prohibited on the world's largest rock. I didn't know Uluru was the world's largest rock. I think I think I've heard about that for a while. I mean, it's pretty big. It, I have it's not seen big. it. Have you ever been there? I have not been there before, but I've had some um, some of my friends were on a mission trip and they visited Uluru and yeah. Wow. Cool. So yeah, 34 years to the day after it was handed back to its traditional owners. So the weather at the moment, though, is probably not the best with, you know, 35 to 40 degrees <laughs> yeah. area going to do the climb. Yeah. Not so fun. No, not so fun. Not Especially because so I imagine it would be super hot out there on on most days, let alone like one that where we're already expecting you know, searing heat. Yeah, last week it hit 39 degrees Oof. out there. Can you Oof. imagine Can you imagine doing a hike or a climb or a walk in 39 degree weathers? That is, that's, that's a lot. That's not fun. That's like sweat central right there. Yeah, definitely nothing that I'd want to do. One more news story, which was sent in from Lyle, actually. So shout out to Lyle, who sent us in a story which we didn't get to talk about yesterday, but we're going to talk about today. Uh, This story is about a Paralympian. Um, I'm going to apologize because pronunciation is not my strong suit, which is funny (laughs) because I'm talking on radio. But anyway, so apologies. Surname Vervoot, maybe. Uh, So she died by voluntary euthanasia. Oh. Yeah. So um, she was a Paralympian and she had signed away the papers uh, in preparation to end her life. And basically she lived with a degenerative muscle disease uh, and she was 40 when she died. So she was in constant pain. Uh, Paralysis kept her legs and her arms, you know, uh, were very barely able to move. Um, And she said that she always wanted to be remembered as laughing and smiling. And she didn't want to have to live with this pain that she was in from the degenerative muscle issue. So yeah, yeah, she had signed the papers to end her life. Yeah, that's that's difficult because it's like how, when is, when is like, you know, euthanasia acceptable when it's is it like okay if someone's got cancer and you know they're going to you know pass away anyways that like euthanasia okay then is it okay if it's voluntary or if you know they're living in pain or you know you've got the extreme cases where people's you know um the brains are no longer functioning like they're in a they're in a coma and there's like no chance that they're you know um they'll ever wake up or that their brains will ever be fully functional again or is it never acceptable or is it never acceptable it's such a huge controversial issue that uh, yeah has always been widely yeah, discussed from a Christian standpoint. Um, you know, is it really right for us to close probation on ourselves? Yeah, exactly. On, on anybody else who who wants it done, that's that's up to God. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Would we be playing God? Ex- yes, we would be essentially playing God if we decide to end our own life that way. Yeah, taking life is never yeah. never a good thing. Never something that should be right or acceptable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So our next song is. Take My Life by Jaden Lavik. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease. 
We're just going to um, go into our quiz section. Uh, that was Jaden Levick with Take My Life. Um, the, the proper way that we should let God be in control of our lives. And so what do we got for our quiz clue? Our next clue is Jude says to the people of this city, serve as an example to those who suffer the, perman- the punishment of eternal life. So very similar to the last clue, but it's giving you a little bit more specific detail. So we're talking about those who will suffer the punishment of eternal life, but it's given you a big clue here, which says Jude says to the people of this city. Ooh, so is this suggesting... Careful, don't give it away. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> because the prize is still up for grabs. So give us a call on... 1-800-FAITH-FM and we've got another song coming up for you oh no we don't sorry you've got a radio segment coming up for you this is an interview Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. Now, joining us today on Faith FM for our interview of the day is Philip Smith from Western Australia. And Philip is one of the, I guess, early pioneers in many ways of Faith FM and uh, low, low, low-powered Christian um, radio here in Australia. And so, Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mark. Good to be here. Now, I'm just wondering whether you can take us back and, and, and share with us some of that history. You've done a, a whole bunch of different things with uh, with radio, with communicating the gospel, uh, missionary work. We want to hear about your life. Um, but uh, take us back to those early days of radio. Where did you actually get started in radio? 
Well, I started in radio back when I was uh, quite young, um, probably in the late 80s, I suspect, was when uh, I had a mate of mine from church who was involved in community radio in our area in Brisbane, southeast Queensland. And uh, I said to him, um, after hearing about what he was doing, that I'd be quite interested in getting involved in that. And so we partnered together. His name was Darren Leeson. He's uh, originally from Lismore, I think, and he was a mate of mine from uni. And so we started sharing time on this show called Captain Midnight, he was the DJ, I was the, the offsider kind of situation. And um, we did that once a week for a couple of years, I think. And um, from there, my radio interest just grew. Uh, I did it as part of my subjects at uni, uh, as a trainee journalist. And it just has been a part of my life now for the last many decades so that, that's how it got started, basically, yeah. Well, this might be giving secrets away, but uh, how old were you when you um, actually first started in with uh, community radio, doing a Christian program on community radio? Uh, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit now to pin it down to the years. I was in around about probably my very late teens. I might have been 19 at the latest, uh, the earliest, I think. I might have been 19. That so you- would be back in the mid late late 80s. So you're somebody who, um, you know, you've given to your life to God at a, at a young age, and that's just fantastic to hear. And I'm just wondering whether you could share with us just very quickly um, um, how it was that you actually came to God. Did you come from a Christian family? It's, it's complicated. Uh, yes and no. I did attend church, an Adventist church, actually, as a young person, as, a, as a, an infant, you could say. Um, but I wasn't really in a home that you could say was was equally yoked, <laughs> if you like. And my father was keen for us to go to church, my sister and I, as infants, uh, four or five years of age, going to Kitty's Sabbath school. But my mother was not uh, at all supportive of this. So there was a division in our household. Hmm. And um, so I, I suppose the earliest years were quite rocky. And um, it wasn't until my um, mid-teens at high school, a secular high school in um, Palm Beach in the Gold Coast, actually, is where I grew up, that uh, we we had some Bible studies, and I actually then embraced and accepted Jesus Christ as my personal saviour. And that was a very conscious decision and a very real decision for me at that young age. Yeah, and I've been that way now ever since. Amen. So, Amen. Here we are. Yeah, praise God. Now, um, moving on from those early days with community radio, where did your radio's advent- radio adventures take you after that? Well, I went to uni, as I mentioned, and I did make radio one of my focuses as a part of a journalism double major at the University of Queensland. After I graduated from uni, uh, I went uh, in. I actually had two directions that I was uh, pursuing. One was to become the editor of the Science magazine, and in the end, uh, I didn't get that uh, appointment. I was shortlisted, but I didn't get that here in Queensland, in, in Australia. And uh, Adventist World Radio was where uh, the Lord ended up taking me. And I went to Guam. I was there for one year as an intern. Uh, a volunteer missionary, as they used to call them back then. They may still use that terminology, I don't know. But I worked there um, in the shortwave radio facility, working to 
coordinate the language programs that were being sent in on cassette. Get this. They were sent oh, to back us. In the day. They were sent to us from various production centres in different countries making programs in those um, major languages uh, of those countries, maybe Indonesia. They would make Indonesian, of course. And they'd put these programs onto cassette and post them to Guam. My job was to load up the new programs and and prepare them according to the schedule that was mapped out. And that's what I did for a year. I also worked in the local Guam Christian Adventist radio station called Joy 92 as an announcer doing some news announcing um, whenever it happened to be suitable. Maybe it was in the morning. Uh, later on, I did some afternoon, evening uh, drive time shows as well. And that's where I got my on-air uh, skills and consolidation. And I, I love that Guam was one of the best times of my life as a, as a young person in my early 20s. And um, I, I haven't been back to Guam ever since then. But um, beyond Guam, there was more. Um, Before we I go beyond Guam, can I, can, I talk briefly, about, yeah. talk, can I talk about um, AWR? Now, yes. that's, um, as you mentioned earlier, shortwave radio, which is quite different from the low-power transmitters that we use, you know, network that we have here with uh, Faith FM. So tell us yeah, about shortwave right. <laughs> short radio and how that works and, and who you are reaching. What's the, how does that all take place? Well, shortwave radio is also classified as international broadcasting because it's designed to reach from one country into another. It's about the only mechanism we have um, in radio to do that. Of course, these days we can also use satellite. But shortwave is one of the older technologies, and it is still very potent, though, because of this ability to send a signal out and have it skip up and down across uh, the the vast areas of our Earth because of uh, the reflective power of the ionosphere. So shortwave radio bounces off the ionosphere and skips uh, across into other countries where the receivers are listening in their languages. So we would uh, have language uh, programs produced in, say, Chinese, uh, Mandarin, or maybe Hakka or Fujian, various languages that are spoken in the Chinese mainland. And those programs would be sent to Guam, and they would then be put out, uh, loaded up and, and rebroadcast from cassette, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And the shortwave signal would simply skip across the ocean into um, a fairly clear signal in, uh, in the Chinese mainland. And we had, through that mechanism, thousands and thousands of listeners who uh, would otherwise not have a, a reliable routine source of of, uh, of nourishment from a Christian perspective. And, and also for those who are surfing, because people can surf the radio just as well as they surf the web in a way, and there would be plenty of people surfing the, ra- the radio waves to find something of interest. They would stumble across our, our programs or somebody else's. There's also many other international broadcasters doing this. Uh, and they would tune in and suddenly think, what is this we're listening to? What is this new, new information? This, this message, this, this teaching. I've never heard it before. And, and people would then come to Christ or at least get that first, uh, step in the door, if you like, uh, of the Christian message and then seek other ways of, uh, of witnessing and, 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 and getting together with people who, who shared likewise. Mm. Uh, this, this same love of the, this truth. And that's how it works. International broadcasting simply uses the uh, the mechanics of our world, if you like, 
to skip radio over vast distances. And we would broadcast into Asia from Guam, also into Africa. Um, they were the main target areas, uh, China, Japan, Korea, India, so many languages spoken in the Indian subcontinent and also into uh, Eastern Africa primarily. Beyond that, it was getting a bit too far. Uh, the signal would start to peter out. So it'd go about you know, a quarter to a third of the way around the world before the signal would just get a bit too weak to hear. Yeah, well, that's pretty impressive compared to our, uh, our, our low-power network that we're operating on here in Australia. Where uh, you're, Yeah, uh, it, it, it is different. And, and yeah. the word network is very important there, Lyle, mm. because um, to have one low-powered station is almost meaningless. I've never believed it was meaningless. I've seen the power of radio, and it's a, a cumulative power. People come back, and then over time you have uh, new people joining a, a, a cluster of listeners, other people leave, and then they come back again, and then over time you're cumulatively reaching a large number of people. So even a low-powered station can have an impact well beyond what you would expect. However, they only cover a small area of about maybe five kilometres radius from the transmitter sort, source, and, and you need to have a network in an area or in other areas uh, to expand that that that, um, that reach, and that's that's how it works. Yeah. So our our, um, our low power network is made up of 150 odd different transmitters, and you were there at the very beginning of one of the one of the pioneers, I guess, of um, of low power networks here in Australia. How did that actually happen? It was. Uh after I was uh, back from working overseas with international broadcasting, um, I returned home married. Uh, my wife is from Pakistan, and that's another story we might get a chance to to, uh, to cover. And I, I thought to myself, look, the Lord's given me this great opportunity to, to develop skill and understanding in this uh, medium of radio and the media generally. Let's, let's be honest about that because media is always changing in our world today. And what can I do? What else can be done to try and uh, increase and enhance our capacity to reach out through media? And I focused on radio at the time. So I got involved with a group called United Christian Broadcasters. And uh, they were involved in developing a low-powered Christian radio network in Australia, having already developed one in New Zealand uh, some some years before. So they had come from New Zealand and basically decided to try and do something to expand their Christian ministry work here in Australia. So I was there quite early on with them. And I remained with them firstly as a volunteer doing news and, and announcing with them. Uh, and their head office was in, in Brisbane, so that was helpful. I lived nearby. Then uh, they, uh, I went back to uni and did a bit of extra study. And after that, they decided to employ me as their news director, their first newscaster. So I started their United Christian Broadcasters news service. And in that uh, employment in that work, I, I simply worked out that there was scope for um, for more impact to be had through uh, Christian broadcasting in Australia, and there wasn't really that much on offer beyond the low-powered, uh, narrowcast license format. Unless you had a bit more money, then you can get the higher-power licenses as well. And United Christian Broadcasters had had both. But over time, I, I did not continue with my work at UCB. And uh, once that uh, 
that parting took place, I started to look for opportunities to get low-powered licenses myself in my area. And um, sometimes people give up these low-powered licenses. They, they hold on to them for a year or a few years and they stop using them and they let them lapse. And that happens nearby where I lived. And so uh, some friends of mine from church applied for one and we acquired it. And it just kept starting from there. I just kept going after places, uh, licenses and frequencies where there was a vacancy and uh, applied for them and, and was awarded them by the ACMA, the regulator in Australia. And it, it just, just mushroomed from there and kind of snowballed and rolled along all across the country. I left where I was working in, uh, not didn't leave physically, I stayed where I was uh, living, but I just took my vision to other parts of the country to see what was available. And my goal was to go where there were churches because my belief is that uh, an LPON, a low-powered radio, works better if it's actually operating in an area where there is a church. Mm. If not at the church, then somewhere close by the church building. And so I went to South Australia, I went to New South Wales, even Western Australia, the other side of the country, compared to where I was at the time. I now live in WA. Uh, and, and I just got these radio licenses for various churches and, and I offered them to the church and mostly they, they bought them from me and, and developed them into viable low-powered stations for their area. Yeah, that's fantastic, Phil. Um, what a great ministry. And uh, you mentioned mostly mostly they bought them from you. Does that mean you ended up with a few that you still have yourself? I did. That's basically what happened, yes. I, uh, in, um, well, in WA that happened. I, I kind of had a slight uh, shift in my, my emphasis on selling licenses to churches when I got to Perth, and that was in the 2008-2009 period. And I th- said to myself, and maybe it was, it was God just telling me, Phil, look, you know, you can, you can hang on to these ones that you're getting here in Perth. I only had one at the time. And just, just keep it for yourself and, and get it operational mm. and, and run it the way you, you wanted to run it. And that was before Faith FM had come on the scene. It was about that time, actually, that I was invited to go and do a seminar on radio, um, project development for churches in Melbourne by the St. Alban Church pastor. And at that particular seminar at his church, um, some young people, younger than me, uh, turned up and were very keen in taking notes and making all sorts of uh, uh, comments and asking questions because they had a plan and obviously some support to develop a network. Um, to buy licenses on a larger scale than I had been able to do to date. And that was the actual beginning of Faith FM Network. Yeah, fantastic. So those young, those young guys who came to my seminar were, were doing their homework, I suppose you could say, and, and in a way getting a little bit of insight from my own experience and, and applying it to their own situation. And they started getting licenses in Gippsland and, um, and from there, Faith FM grew quite rapidly. And the difference was belief and also funding support. Yes. Uh, I did most of my purchasing with my own funds, and I bought licenses, sold them to churches for a slight markup, and used the money I got to go and buy more licenses. So it was a, a rolling kind of uh, a strategy. But Faith FM, Michael and Christian were able to raise you know, some real substantial amounts of money and they had bought whole networks that were coming up for sale at that time 
in uh, Tasmania, in Victoria, in Adelaide, and and that's how they they got such a strong foundation. And I understand now that Faith FM is the second largest Christian radio network of its type, low-powered network in Australia. Yeah, so praise God. The only, large, the only larger one is my former employer, United Christian Broadcasters Australia. <laughs> and, of course, they're, they're more than twice the size, but uh, they've been around a lot longer too. Sure, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, Phil, it's been great having you on the show today, and it's it's just inspiring to talk to somebody who's prepared to put their money where their mouth is, you know, when you see a, a need and, and an opportunity to just get out there and go for it and to take your skills and to apply it to spreading the gospel. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much, Lyle. That was Phil Smith from Western Australia, who uh, one of the founders of uh, Low Powered um, Networks, radio networks here in Australia, and what uh, part of the seed that really started uh, Faith FM. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment after this next song. when you think of studying nursing practical experience a rewarding career great employment prospects when you think of nursing think of avondale college of higher education 
92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Put my life in 